The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. The age of commercial aviation in the Isle of Man dawned in 1928. It was when an airliner operated by Imperial Airways, which was the airline linking Britain to the rest of the world by air, flew to the island. The aircraft was a three-engine biplane called a Handley Page Hampstead, capable of carrying 14 passengers in comfort. It was also capable of a maximum speed of 120 miles an hour. It was the fastest aircraft in commercial service in the world, and this one usually operated Imperial Airways services across Europe. But its trip to the Isle of Man was unusual in that it carried not passengers but cargo, a consignment of copies of a magazine called The Motorcycle, to be sold to fans of the TT races being held in the island. At the controls was one of the senior pilots with Imperial Airways, Captain G. P. Ollie, and he seems to have been something of a pioneer in commercial aviation development. He had taken off from what was then London's airport, Croydon, at 1pm, made a refuelling stop at Manchester, and arrived in Manx airspace several hours later. Now, of course, there was no airport waiting for him in the Isle of Man at that time. You have to wonder what kind of briefing about this situation was given to Captain Ollie. It's tempting to think that when he was approaching the south of the island, he was on his own when it came to deciding what was a suitable place to land on. What he saw were some grassed farm fields near Castletown. Landing on grass was no problem for aviators of his generation, and down he came, not knowing that the farm concerned was known as Ronald's Way. After landing, he declared that it was the ideal place for the development of an Isle of Man airport, better even, he said, than Croydon. Now that he was on Manx soil, he introduced flying to local people. He took them on pleasure trips in his Handley Page Hampstead. He allowed himself to be interviewed for the local newspapers, and made it clear that Ronald's Way should be the place to link the Isle of Man to the existing network of commercial air services in the British Isles. What happened next, as far as overall history is concerned, was the start of the Second World War in 1939, when Ronaldsway Airport was taken over by the Royal Navy as a fleet air arm training station. This meant the grass being replaced by built runways. It also led to the other facilities a modern airport needed, and all these things were paid for by the British government, not the Manx government. After the war, Ronaldsway Airport continued to be increasingly busy and Tyndall took note of this, and in 1947 it was decided that the Isle of Man's airport should be in the ownership of the Manx government, and it should be acquired from Britain's Ministry of Civil Aviation. The ministry was agreeable to a sale. All that was needed was to settle on a price, and a deputation to go to London was chosen with one of the most remarkable Manxmen of modern times at the head of it, his honour, Deemster Sir Percy Cowley. In those days the Deemsters were among those persons who were appointed to the membership of the Legislative Council by the Lieutenant Governor. Deemster Cowley was seen by the rest of the membership of Tyndwald as just the man for the task. When it came to negotiating he knew his business, whether in the courts or elsewhere. Exactly what went on behind closed doors in Whitehall as the talks took place I don't know, but the island's deputation did not go there with a blank cheque. Its members were expected to come home with a good deal. And this is exactly what happened. 
Deemster Cowley reported to Tinwald that Ronaldsway Airport was to cost the Manx taxpayer only £200,000 for the lot. This was a bargain all right, and it was readily recognised as such by the court. It was approved with evident satisfaction by all concerned in July 1947, uh, let us say uh, twenty years since Captain G. P. Ollie had landed on the grassy fields of Ronaldsway in his Handley Page Hampstead. I don't know if he was still alive to see the day, but I think he would have been happy enough. Also, I wonder if that Handley Page Hampstead is still in an historic aircraft museum somewhere in the world.